We weren't recording that all the time. Told you, two bottle podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here is take two. I'm sure John is going to uh, explain what that's all about very shortly, but take two. We are the Messengers. I am Chris Searles. I am John Finnerty. And uh, this is the Messengers podcast. We uh, <laughs> we have technical difficulties. a little bit of technical difficulties on take one of uh, episode one here. User We're, error. Uh, I, it's, I mean... I'm going to blame it on John because yeah, we were supposed to record this episode about two weeks ago, <laughs> and um, he decided to end up in the hospital for a little while and, and really, really kind of well, technically we screwed me over on all the research that I did and all the prep that I did to make sure I knew what I was doing here with oh, all this please. audio recording equipment. Technically, we did record this two weeks ago. Chris just forgot to press record. <laughs> so. That wasn't two weeks ago. That was that was 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just recorded about fifteen minutes worth of this podcast to nobody. Uh, but we had a very thorough conversation that you guys a lot of really lot of information that you guys would have really loved. But yeah. um, I think we're just going to end it here <laughs> and say, "I'm John." Uh, Barry, episode two is going to be fantastic. <laughs> we promise. Um, well, so anyway, I guess we got to go back through all that stuff that that we went through the first time. Hey, man, it's like it never happened. I got to apologize. Brand new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive you once. So, uh, well, let's just start off by saying that, you know, we're going to try to make these about a uh, one bottle of wine podcast, maybe two. Well, two, and we forget to hit record. Well, first when you time hit, stop hitting record, I mean. I didn't forget to hit record, by the way, just so everybody doesn't know I'm that that stupid uh apparently you gotta hit record twice uh doesn't make any sense i see (laughs) anyway so so. we are at the bottom of that bottle yeah so you're it could be more interesting we're we're a little bit more loose beginning of the podcast i think let's get into telling people why we are here yeah what why they should listen to us, and uh, then we can kind of get into a little bit of our backgrounds, and then um, you know cover off on a, a few cool topics that we just want to you know shoot the shit about. So I uh, I guess I'll introduce you again. Um, so this is uh, John Finnerty. John and I have known each other for. It's got to be about 25 or so years now. Yeah, 25, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, we grew up together, grew up, went to high school together, uh, a few years apart. And um, uh, John and, and my older brother were, were uh, played soccer together growing up and, and very tight. And uh, yeah, John served me my first beer at... Yeah. Uh, before the homecoming dance, my my freshman year, and I didn't um, invite you, and you weren't my date to the homecoming dance. Let's just clear. I wasn't your date, uh, but no, you did no. invite me. I think yeah. you were the only one that invited me because my brother was never going to invite me. <laughs> I was best friends with your brother, and we kind of just, you know, we took you under our wing and said, you know what, let's build this little boy to be a man. Here's, I don't think here's your first beer at I don't know. I don't think my brother had old. anything to do with that. I think it was actually him right. saying, no, don't bring him, and you saying, no, you got to bring him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm always. Looking I appreciate out. that. I was looking after the baby grows, <laughs> you know. So, um, uh, so known each other for a long time. We we got a lot closer when I moved into Manhattan after graduation, after after college, and um, we lived about ten blocks apart in in Manhattan. Um, spent a lot of time together, a lot of a lot of nights, and and a lot of some funny, yeah. very interesting fun times. You're experiences. This, you're making this sound romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. Who knows? <laughs> oh, you never know. Um, but uh, good times, very good times yeah. in the city. I enjoyed that very much. Um, and never worked together. No, uh, believe it or not, this kind of this whole podcast is is about our work experiences and things that we've done, but have never actually uh, worked together. Um, very different experiences from. Uh, work, which is why we decided to start this podcast in the first place. And I guess with that, I'll let you introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your bio and your background. Yeah. And just to touch on that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's funny that 
we haven't worked together um, in any capacity <laughs> at no. all. Uh, Never. So, but it's it's funny how you know our interests kind of align to obviously starting a podcast and kind of getting our opinions and our thoughts out to the market uh, where, you know, we feel that they can be of value to uh, a number of different audiences. Small we've, we've tried to work together yeah. on more than one occasion. It's just never really been yeah, anything no, that kind of, yeah, that kind of worked, but, but yeah. So, you know, to start this and to reach out to a number of different audience, whether you're a small business owner, you're working at a small business startup, uh, you're an entrepreneur, uh, even, working large corporate, you know, working your, your way up the corporate ladder. Um, you know, we appeal to, or if you've been there for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we appeal to a lot of different audiences, I think for what we're going to cover. Well, we don't know that we appeal to them. We hope that we do. No, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, optimistic (laughs) about this. Um, but just so you guys get an understanding of who I am and what where I've the road I've taken to uh, now sit here in a chair and put myself out there, um, you know I grew up um, much like uh, Chris and his family. His father owned a business, which I'll have you'll you'll touch on that. Um, my dad also uh, started a, a company and just worked. Oh God. And owned his own company. He owned that company for about 35 years. Um, but, you know, started when he was 18, working with my uncle, then bought my uncle out and then, you know, continued on in the uh, <clears throat> in the glass and mirror business, um, which, <laughs> which was evident uh, from my, the. My home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of mirrors around. A lot of mirrors in that house. Never thought I'd see myself from so many different angles. So, um, I'm sure so you just, probably have a lot more stories that you're not going to yeah, tell, about, tell grow, on the podcast. No. <laughs> so just growing up, it's, uh, it's more of, um, you know, that kind of entrepreneurial and, and own your own business, small family business, uh, type, um, mentality that I think is kind of both in our DNA. So like, we saw our dads do it, right? We saw our dads own our own company and go through the, the multiple stages of, of of owning your company and the, the pressure and the, the stress that that sem- sometimes may bring. But, um, you know, went to, uh, you know, growing up, saw my dad do that, went to college, Did you, obviously. you know what? I'm going to yeah, interrupt shoot. you there for a second. And, and what you got? Did you see a lot of that stress and pressure growing up? Yeah. I did, you know. Um I mean, my parents are no longer together, right? So, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that there's some type of, you know, without going into a, a full psychology session. <laughs> is, is, <laughs> we could do that. Know, I, I mean, I'm this sure, could be a very different I'm podcast sure there was a lot of, you know, that stress that played a part into, you know, my parents' marriage. Um, and, you know, they separated when I was a, a freshman in high school. So very influential, influential age for me. Um, but... You know, always just saw my dad get up early morning, be at work. He owned his own business, right? So the benefits are never miss the soccer game, never miss the lacrosse yeah. game. It was always there Same for my me, dad. you know, taking my sister and I, you know, to uh, my sister dance class and just a number of different things that, you know, I saw the benefits of having a dad, a father who owned his own company and that flexibility, but also saw the blood, sweat and tears that he poured into his company and his business. And, you know, I guess, you know, I'm a kid and, you know, kind of desensitized, like, ah, I'm focused on, you know, uh, playing sports and, you know, hanging out with my buddies. Everything but that. Drinking and, you know, you're oblivious to it until you actually sit down and look back and, kind of like reflect on it and you're like wow it's uh yeah i mean i guess that's played a indirectly or subconsciously it played a role into my path and where i am now in my career right so you know went to college do you is it okay if i kind of stop you for a second and we'll we'll get back into that real quick but um you kind of touch on a kind of an interesting um an interesting phenomenon that I think exists out there, which is um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't see what it really is like to own your own business right. and they don't see the sleepless nights. They don't see the, the stress in, you know, I, I think most people kind of see, and there's actually, um, 
a great book, which I don't know if you've if you've read, but uh, and and I apologize that I am I am Space lost on the on the, on the um, we'll author. Get, we'll get back. But the the E Myth and the E Myth Revisited, um, which is entirely about the the technician that wants that decides, uh, you know, well, I'm doing this for you and I'm really good at it, and why am I not doing this for myself? Why am I making you money when I could just go do this myself and and not realizing what it really takes and what it really entails, um, and you know that. People don't see the the like I said the sleepless nights and the hundred hour work weeks and the weekends and the you know when nobody else is around and right. it's just you um, or you know just the the uh, I mean I can attest to the gray hairs um, <laughs> you know and whether it's it's you know if money doesn't come in this month it's not my employees that aren't going to get their paychecks. It's me. That's not going to get their paycheck. Um, you know, or worried about the fact that if the money doesn't come in for the next six months, then somebody who relies on me to put food on their table isn't going to be able to do that anymore. Um, and I think there's a, there's a lot of people that don't ever see that side of things. And I, you know, it's interesting growing up, uh, in that, realm, you know, as a, you know, the, the child of a small business owner of, of mm-hmm. somebody who's done that. Um, even just the, the little things like I remember, you know, growing up and, and we certainly weren't, didn't struggle. I mean, my dad ran a successful business, the same yeah, as sure. yours. And, you know, but at the same time, I remember feeling like my parents were more frugal than any one of my friend's parents mm. and, uh, you know, not realizing that that comes from yeah, extremely hard work and, and, and Dedication. why, and not spending money that you don't need to spend because, mm. you know, in your business, as you're trying to grow that business and you're, as you're trying to, you know, be successful. And as you're trying to get certain places, you know, that is part of what makes a successful business owner is somebody that knows I don't need that. I don't need to spend money on that. That's ridiculous. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to put it into a new piece of equipment. That's going to earn me that much more. That's going to help me grow my business. Yeah. You'd be touching on a lot of good things that I think we can even, you know, hold and take and to cover in a lot of different, uh, you know, podcasts from here. Long, right. Long, amount of time on right that. so you, you really you know good topics that we can really get into and 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 go after you know the frugalness of of being an entrepreneur and you know having the money and spending it correctly uh in areas that you know what it's is disposable income and this is disposable funds but I've built and I've budgeted for that so that everything else in my business is taken care of to, for me now to get to a point where I, now I can, you know, spend on those different things. So definitely an area we can get there. John's politely telling me to, to stop going off on a major tangent. No, you're bringing up good topics <laughs> that I think we can, we can really, we can get into and we can really, you know, kind of jump down the rabbit hole. It, well, know, why don't you finish your wait, your bio for us? Yeah, so you got I think you got to uh, you got to college. I apologize. I I, did that was a, a major tangent, but I, I went to college. I graduated, to. and that was it. No, I was, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but just all good points that you know we'll make note of, and we'll we'll, we'll cover. And we'll get into those topics because I think they're very relevant to the whole you know theme of our podcast and what we're trying to get across and we're really trying to help and, you know, get business owners or uh, really anybody in business. I was going to say not even just yeah, business not, owners. Not just business I mean, owners. Anybody, you know, in the... Uh, just in your professional life. Yeah. You know, in, in whatever industry that you're in, you know, help, kind of help them along and, you know, just kind of give our own experiences and in, in our, you know, our, our how we were brought up and what we saw even there. Um, just even talking about it now, you know, how that's influenced and how that's gone into, you know, how what's developed us as, you know, businessmen um, and throughout our career. So, yeah, really. Well, a why lot don't you of get into diverse. that? So I, I did cut you off. I stopped you. So why don't you get into yeah. your experience? And, and so uh, exactly. Uh <clears throat> I went to college and uh, it's funny. I really didn't know. I'd changed majors probably, I don't know, 15 times, right? And then uh, colleges just as I, yeah, I went to, yeah, <laughs> I went to about, you know, three to three colleges before I found the right one and uh, was like, all right, this will stick. I like this. 
No, uh, yeah, some early, early years was a little too much, too much partying, not a lot, not enough <laughs> focus, and you know it was one of those. Oh, I'm an athlete, and I'll just go and I'll play sports, and that'll be okay, and that'll take care of everything else. Yeah, not the case. Um, <laughs> which is the same way I think, which translates again fun for a couple of years. Though. I had a ton of fun, I had a ton of fun, <laughs> which I translates well into you know, like listen, you don't get abs by not doing sit-ups right or you know or so you want to go into business right if you're you know you, you want to buy those the fancy cars and things like that but you have a, a struggling business or you have no you know, business you, you, you can't pay people or employees like you know it, you're going the wrong way so kind of that same mentality but learned pretty quickly that i needed to get my shit together uh got my shit together and went to school and um you know, I always said that I wanted to be a professional mingler. I wanted to go mingle around. <laughs> if that doesn't sum up your personality, <laughs> right? I don't know what does. So I just wanted to go meet different people, shake hands, and talk about cool and different things, and you know, network and all, all those things of just you know being a, a professional mingler. And ultimately, <laughs> that's that's exactly what I did. And that is. <laughs> That is you to a T. I mean, that is uh, yeah. that is probably the best description of of Who your I, personality. Yeah, that I've ever heard. The characteristics that make up my, that make you who you make are. me who I am. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's true because I, I like going. That's how out. we almost met Axl Rose one night in the city. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. So, but I just I enjoy like. I enjoy hearing other people's story and what they do and, um, you know, what kind of value can I add to that or, you know, really just being super personable. Um, so that you are, that's, you know, kind of more than maybe anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I mean, I get it that I get that from my grandfather my grandfather was a tire salesman for oh. God. I don't even know, almost, you know, 40 years and he would He'll talk to anybody anywhere at any time. God Best rest, jokes ever. God rest his soul. Right. Funny guy. He used, <laughs> he used humor a lot. So, um, and I think that's where, you know, my salesmanship really, I, probably I got a lot from him. Um, I got probably a lot of my business acumen from my father, who was very, you know, by the book focused and, you know, very organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the personality was, you know, all from my, um, my grandfather and, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I went into, I found a, a really good major in college and, uh, it was advertising management. And I got that from somebody, a good friend that was in advertising on the creative side of things. And when I told her, I want to be a professional mingler, she's like, Oh, you should go into, you should be an advertising management major. I'm like, ah, advertise. I was like, I'm not creative. I don't, I can't create the I ads. Know that was a thing. I don't know. I was like, what is this advertising manager? She's like, that's a different side to the business. She's like, that's the business side of advertising. I was like, oh, what are you talking about? So went, did some research. I was like, oh shit. I was like, this is good. I was like, I can get into this. I went from like a two, eight GPA <laughs> to like a three, nine in like a semester. And I was just like advertising management. I mean, yes. So it was, it was, it was, and it was because it was something that I was interested in. So I, I went to these courses and I started doing really well and I started, you know, I was getting creative, but I was getting creative in a different way, uh, you know, to help, you know, analyze they it was a lot of analytics and like a lot of planning and how things how you set up what somebody designs creatively and how do you buy media against that so that's the business side of advertising which i found fascinating i was like this is really cool so and which i like i think a lot of um small smaller businesses and and people without maybe that that uh, educational background, you know, that background in that side of management struggle with, you know, it's tough where with, you know, it's tough because the, the fact that they don't, they don't even measure no. what they're doing and, and what kind of results and, and you, or let alone have any idea how to do it, but even that they should be doing it. And you get that you, there's, you know, there really is, there's two different types of, you know, the person is either super creative 
or they're super analytical, right? And they measure that success. But it's true. You know, a lot of small businesses, they don't rely on the metrics to the efforts that they put in from a creative or, you know, just running any type of ads that they think can go out to the market. So that trackability is is key, right? So again, something that we can get into and talk about, you know, as we go on. But, you know, so I took these classes. I, uh, I had an internship at a, a large television network um, <clears throat> in the entertainment section, entertainment category. And um, I, uh, I wonder if it had a name that was related to that. It, it did. <laughs> it did have an entertainment it was just Type a letter name <laughs> entertainment category television network <laughs> pop culture entertainment but we won't, we're not going to use names anyway yeah we, no we won't get into too many names so i worked there for uh, about two years worked my way up and um you know when i went there i really saw outside of just uh, a planning for you know the business side of of advertising i saw advertising sales and I saw the advertising sales world and I was like, whoa, I was like, what is this? I was like, I see these guys who are going out, taking clients to dinners, going to these different events. And (laughs) these guys were professional professional minglers. minglers. And I was like, I'll be damned. Like, this is my calling. (laughs) I want to work my ass off to get up to where these guys are. So long story short, that was uh, early 2000s, right after dot-com boom, you know, Traditional media, television, and television advertising was still on the up and up, and television advertising is still on the up and up. Um, but there wasn't; it wasn't competing. It was with, on the rise at that point. It wasn't. It wasn't, com- it wasn't competing with yeah. digital media and social networks weren't even non-existent. Non-existent. Um, and digital media was. If yeah, you it was were, on, it was on a rebound, man. It, it well, was, and if you were on the, if you were on the digital advertising train, if you were buying Google AdWords at that point and doing heavy yeah. email marketing, then you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And but a lot of people were more scared. successful than a lot of everybody those, else. A lot of those those brands and a lot of those, you know, you well, they didn't understand it. They were scared because they just saw this whole thing just fall on its face and they're like, well, I'm not going to invest in that or I'm not going to create something new. So, you know, it was a cool experience to kind of get my, my, my really my feet wet in, into the whole world of advertising sales. So long story short, went there. I was there. Is this really, has it been short? Uh, no, <laughs> you keep leading me into these different know. different tangents. Wait until I have to talk. Everybody uh, that, that knows me knows that that could go on for a while. <laughs> so I went into you know I went from that traditional media into kind of the rebirth of the digital era, and you know I got into a a company a, a digital advertising company doing account management. You know, learning just the intricacies of all, uh, you know, digital media as a whole and just got myself familiar from a manage a campaign management side of things, which was really good and helpful. But I always said, like, all right, I'm ready to go out and sell. I want to be out pitching what this company does to these potential advertisers and these brands. Um, You know, I took a little little bit different approach um, and before I actually went to doing the sales, I went to the agency, an advertising agency, to the buying side of things because I figured if I can be the best seller, let me help. Let me understand what goes on on these on the agency side. Let me understand what happens to the people who I'm going out and speaking with. Let me know what their how lives buy? what their lives are and like. Why how do they, how buy? do they? Yeah, how do they talk to the clients that they represent? Um, you know, how do they strategize? What goes into picking the right partner and vendor? to buy my media from. So all very helpful. And I was super happy there. Uh, a vendor at the time that we were buying media from kind of pinpointed, you know, kind of pulled me aside and, you know, hit me up and said, Hey, listen, we're an LA based company. All of our businesses in Los Angeles, we're looking for to open a New York office in Manhattan. And we think you're the guy to start that up and run that for us. And I was like, well, my, my trajectory, do I get to mangle? My trajectory <laughs> and my my path on the agency side was going well, and I was very happy and I was secure. And I said, you know what? I was like, now this is my chance. Let me go out and let me start this company. I know I can do this. So I went out. I started this office for that LA-based company. I did that for about five years, built it up, um, you know, both operationally and from a revenue standpoint. We were the largest revenue-driving uh, office for the whole business, um, probably taking – 
we're probably generating about 80, 80 to 85% of the, the, the business. Um, so we had really good big brands on board with, um, with that company. And then, uh, it got to a point for me where the company wasn't evolving. They weren't doing anything different, new, they weren't reinvesting into any technology. And I just saw it as a, a really, it was a good time for me to step away. And, um, me and two other, my friends, we had an idea at a business conference to start our own company and say, you know what? These are my clients. These guys trust me into what the products I bring them after all of my mingling and, you know, my schmoozing over (laughs) those, you know, five or even before then on the agency side, you know, so probably about six, seven years of of schmoozing and mingling. Uh, We decided to start our own company, which we started up, um, did really well with. And, um, you know, up until last year, we just, uh, we kind of rolled that up and, um, sold that. And, you know, I got in and started with a, a new, really interesting, unique, different, uh, company outside of, uh, still in the advertising and marketing, uh, category, but, uh, more into social media, which is something that, you know, I wasn't too familiar with. I'm not somebody who constantly posts things on anyone. You're a big tweeter. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a big social media, uh, you know, contributor. Let's call it to, to any one of those those networks. You're not so, a content producer on social. No, yeah, I'm just kind of. I'm more of a, a private person. This is probably as most the most public I think <laughs> I've been outside the people who know me to kind of put myself out there and, yeah, let and all the know, schmoozing. Know who I am? Yeah. Well, the schmoozing is you know it's different. You know, again, we could talk about that later and what it takes <laughs> to be a professional schmoozer or mingler. But, um, but yeah, so got into a really great company now, um, that, uh, it's a really good technology. It's, it's more product focused. So previously I was selling more of a service that was a addition to what these agencies and what these brands were currently buying. But, we just improved on that and we optimized and we got it to an optimal point to help them generate a better performance. So that was the company that we developed. Um, so now that I have more of a very specific product focused, uh, technology, it's a little bit different sell. It's, you know, my sales style hasn't changed and we can get into sales styles later on as well, but which we should do because you might be, the most natural <laughs> salesperson I've ever met in my wow. life. And not, not like in that like sleazy, you know, stereotypical salesperson type of way, but just in as far as somebody that can talk to anybody. And, and I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like you. Yeah. Um, Me and, either. Although not that they said to my face. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean that. I mean, you know, you, you – Without a doubt, are probably one of the most natural salespeople that I've ever met. Just because you have that capability of of being able to talk to everybody and talk mm-hmm. to anybody and and find some common ground and and, and have that that conversation that you know is going to engage somebody to the point where they just they they want to work with you and they want to deal with you and they want you know they- you know it is as much as I want to say I try to find commonalities. It's just what I'm thinking in my head. I feel like other people are thinking too, but they just don't necessarily say them. So when I approach somebody and I just, you know, I'm sitting next to somebody, you know, at the bar, I'm just thinking about what's on my mind and, you know, I kind of get a gauge on whether or not that person's interested in in that too, or, you know, if it's a ball game on or if it's, you know, so you do try to find some commonality, but really it's what my thoughts are on that particular common topic that, you know, helps people just feel comfortable talking to me. Uh, and, you know, eventually, you know, and obviously my career buying media outside of I've been doing this for a while. So I got a lot of product knowledge and I got a lot of insight to, you know, research and different things like that. But how that's presented to your point is it's really important, you know, and it's if you're not relating to somebody on that just normal level, people see through that shit immediately. Oh, yeah. So for sure. Um but yeah, and we so, can. That's something we should maybe table for a future uh, podcast. Absolutely, is all of the absolutely 
awful, awful, awful sales pitches that yeah. I get every single day. Definitely a topic to cover yeah. and, and chat about. So, um, but yeah, enough about my long-winded story. Uh, let's get into <laughs> your long-winded story. Probably wouldn't have been that long-winded if I didn't interrupt you every <laughs> That's fine. two minutes. Feel free to do the same to me. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, you kind of touched on it that um, also grew up the, the, um, son of a of an entrepreneur uh, my dad started a printing company back in the, the early 70s and um, you know that's been the family business since then and spent my my early days working there you know um, from the time I was probably about six maybe was was uh, when first started child labor man. child labor laws <laughs> they weren't the same back in the 80s Um you know, doing just about anything, uh, whether it was, you know, collating, lots and lots of collating. Anybody that's ever been in that that industry or knows anything about it understands what collating is about. Um, to cleaning bathrooms, scrubbing toilets, mopping floors, emptying garbages. Uh, that was my job for, for a long time after school. I'd go... I'd go to the shop, as it was known in our house, and, um, you know, empty garbages and, and, and clean up and do that kind of stuff and um, started answering phones as a, as a receptionist when I was 12. Uh, that was my summer job and, um, you know, really good exposure into dealing with people and, and you know, people that would walk in off the street or... Did a know. lot of the uh, people who called me like, oh, that woman who I spoke to, that receptionist <laughs> is so nice. She sounded so nice. Yeah. Uh, no, usually it was more me forgetting who was on the phone and, and <laughs> finally realizing that I needed to start writing names down as soon as they called so that I could uh, tell somebody who was actually on the phone. I'm pretty sure it was more the, the employees going, why is he... Our receptionist, he doesn't even know who's on the phone. Right. Um, but so a lot of that, you know, up to running, uh, I'd, I'd call them presses just because maybe it sounds so a little wait, more. Let me interject real yeah. quick and kind of go on a tangent, well, not a tangent, but just more of a question. You know, was that something that was, you know, forced no. upon you or were you, no. or your, was your dad like, hey, Chris, come, come into the shop with me, you know? I, I, no, you know. almost never. Or you, were you like, hey, dad, yeah, let me come to work with you. Like I could do something. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think my dad always had an interest in, in somebody getting involved in the business. Um, I, you know, he never said anything, never wanted anybody to, to feel obligated. Chris, Chris has two other brothers. So you were the, the and chosen sister. and the chosen one, right? And a sister. But no, I was the middle child. But you were the chosen one for, my, the, for, the, for the business. I complain about it all the time. <laughs> um, no, I think you know he always wanted somebody. You know, he uh, think you know he never. A lot of people build businesses to sell them, mm -hmm. and I don't think that was ever really his intention. I think he built a business because he just wanted to, and um, I think he always wanted somebody to to take it over and he wanted somebody else to go into it and, and be a part of it and and uh, and benefit from from you know his efforts um but it was never n never spoken it was never you know he never said anything like that and and it was never pushed it was never forced um it was just kind of honestly Natural. to some extent it was kind of easy Right, because I didn't have to worry about going and finding some crappy job at you know McDonald's or you know wherever else. I remember yeah. you know starting to look to, to work at other places when I was a kid and and um, and just kind of wondering why. Um, and uh, you know, I think there was a lot of value in it. I you know it was always my dad's always been really. Um, really conscious of the the nepotism aspect of it and it was never you know it was always there's opportunity you know for for you to do this but there was never any kind of like i said i mean you know i spent my afternoons 
dumping garbages and, and cleaning toilet bowls, you know, yeah. it wasn't, um, you know, but, but then, you know, I did have the opportunity to learn how to run a printing press and, and do that kind of stuff. And, you know, I call it a printing press. It was not much of a printing press, but, um, you know, but running envelopes and letterhead and, you know, some kind of stuff and, and learning how to do that and learning the business a little bit. And, um, and then, you know, when I got a little older, I, uh, I kind of wanted a different experience. I, I wanted to have a different boss, you know, somebody that wasn't my dad and work in a place where my dad wasn't the boss, you know, right. because I, I, you know, I kind of recognized that there might be some favoritism. Or yeah. That there's something there. It's just you, different. You get a pass if you don't do it right. Exactly. It's just a little different. So, um, yeah, you gotta get that. You know, I worked construction yeah, for a mature. summer. I, I bar backed yeah. and, you know, worked in a, in a restaurant for a year and, um, you know, stuff that I think everybody at some point in their life needs to work for uh, an extended period of time in a service industry. Mm-hmm. I think Agreed. it absolutely gives you a completely different take on on life and on the world. Uh, anybody that's never waited tables or, or, or done anything like that doesn't necessarily understand what's going on there. And I think that the biggest tippers in restaurants are always ones that have actually done the job before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, I did that, that I kind of branched out a little bit and, um, but, you know, went to college, uh, knew the only thing, didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to college. I, I was always into tech. I was always into, you know, my computer and, and um, stuff like that. I mean, I was an athlete too, but I, but, um, you know, I, I loved playing around and tooling around on my computer and um, knew that I wanted to go into tech and do something there. But that was really kind of before, it was kind of around the dot-com boom and bubble, but, um but before, you know, tech really became a, a real career, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Because, uh, you know, the, it was a bubble for a reason. Um, and knew the only thing I didn't want to do was sit behind a computer and write code all day. And um, went and took my first comp side class in college and cheated my way through it. Flat out. I mean, literally, I don't know how it happened, but somebody that I played that was on my soccer team was in the same class, and and he didn't need that class for anything in his major, and somehow knew a TA or something, and and got a hold of every test and every lab and every exam, and I didn't do a lick of work, and then all of a sudden, next semester, I realized I had to take comp sci two. Uh, and had to teach myself comp sci one in about two weeks. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was a, a bit of a, a trial by fire learning experience. But as soon as I actually started learning the material, I realized I really enjoyed it. And um, about a year later, started my first business with a mutual friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um as a software company, and uh, you know, we we started to build that and, and grow that a bit. And when I left college, I went in there full time and moved into Manhattan. We opened, a, you know, had an office space there and um, did that for a few years until we sold to um, a big company and worked that for them for about a year and hated it. Hated every second of it. I, I well, maybe not every second, but uh, there's, there's some perks to working for a nice big organization and having a nice paycheck that, you know, is coming in every week or every two weeks and, um, you know, doing some travel and, and, uh, you know, didn't have a, a supervisor within 3000 miles and, and working from home most days. And, um, you know, there's some, some positives, but, but, Overall, but it's nice because you got to see a good view of obviously, you know, being in college, um, virtually starting a company while you're in college, mm-hmm. and then just moving into being your own boss straight out of college, right? So, you know, it, it's good to then get obviously. Well, it was great that the acquisition for the company was you know huge. That's you know that's probably what everybody would hope to do when they start a company, um, but. You know, the experience of working with that large organization and, you know, seeing that just how different it was from going from your own boss to now (laughs) saying, all right, well, wait, these guys are involved in this decision and this and that. So, you know, it's good experience overall. But good experience. You know, but yeah. 
good experience, but not my cup of tea. It just didn't fit into exactly. you know, what you saw as being what you wanted. It's not to what do, I wanted. Wanted wanted to do long term. Yeah, and that's you know. So I left. I left uh, within a year. Um, you know, I kind of just had enough. You know, I always tell people that that. Uh, I really got sick of hearing the term, that's a great idea, but, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so I really, I realized that I really wanted to control my own destiny. I wanted to know that if I succeeded, it was because of, you know, my hard work and, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously, you know, other people contribute to that and the idea is to, to get to a point where other people can contribute to that. But, um, you know, that I could, I could kind of rest on the fact that I built something that was capable of being successful or it failed because I failed and because, you know, it wasn't somebody else. It was, it was on me and I had to, you know, figure out why that was and make changes and do it again and, and do it better the next time. And, and, um, you know, that was always kind of my take on starting a business from the get go. And I don't know if that was kind of ingrained in, you know, growing up in, in that environment where, where, you know, that was the way that it was and seeing, you know, seeing the freedoms that you get with that. Mm. Right. I mean, you know, the kind of, you touched on that a little bit and, and, and right. some of the freedoms, I mean, my dad coached my little league baseball teams and my soccer teams and never missed a game and was there all the time. But at the same time, you know, those days he went in at five o'clock in the morning and sure. so that he could get out at three o'clock and go watch that game or, uh, went back to work after the game because, you know, that was what he was able to do, but what he had to do also. And, yeah, he had his the obligations were, you know, he had that flexibility. But flexibility. He, but he still, he knew his obligations to obviously business, family. Exactly. You know, and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, stuff has to get done. And, and you know, at some point you have the flexibility in, in not answering to somebody else and being able to leave for two hours, but also the flexibility in going back mm-hmm. and making up that two hours or whatever it is. So, right. um you know, and, and so I went and worked there for about a year. Um, you know, good organization. I mean, great stock plan. Sure. Um, good salary. Uh, you know, I really have no complaints. I mean, at 24 years old, I'm sure I was making more money than, than any of my contemporaries. But, um, you know, it just wasn't for me. So I left and, um, and joined the family business and went back in and uh, have kind of you know, focused on taking us from a, uh, printing company that did, you know, did graphic design and did, you know, we do, you know, have always done good graphic design, um, to really being a marketing company, you know, printing is, is not certainly not what it was 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, as a company, we really had to find a way to, to continue to capture those marketing dollars, um, but in a way that benefited our clients and in a way that that uh, helped, you know, continue to help our clients grow their own businesses. So, um, you know, my focus has really been on growing a marketing company uh, and having, you know, as kind of a hub and spoke model where marketing really is the center of what we do. You know, we help small businesses and nonprofit organizations um grow their own businesses, grow their organizations. Uh, and we do that with the help of services that we can all do in-house, whether it's printing, graphic design, web design, software engineering, you know, mobile app development, um, digital marketing, um, which that we can actually talk about too. I hate that term, digital marketing. But, um, uh, you know, print advertising, direct mail, all that kind of stuff. You know, we kind of handle all that for our clients. But it's funny you say digital marketing. Right. I hate that and, and everybody's like, well, isn't everything digital now? But you're talking about print and you're talking about things that are a little bit more traditional and, well, how, and how that goes into it, right? So, and I hate that term. So why, you know, shouldn't it, it just should be all, all be marketing? Exactly. Right? It's all marketing. Right? It doesn't matter if digital or, or digital. Print. And not only that, but digital marketing, it's, it's, it is such a bullshit, just buzzword term. It's like the cloud. Right, the cloud doesn't mean anything. It's just a marketing term that helps explain something that most people don't understand. Yeah. You know, digital marketing is, it, you know, digital marketing isn't anything. 
right? That's like saying, you know, traditional marketing. What does that mean? Is that it's television? A, is that radio? Is that print? Is it direct mail? I mean, all of those things are so vastly different that you can't tie them into one one lump. It's a buzzword, yeah, right? So exactly. It's buzzword and it's used and it's still used because a lot of these large brands still have a very old school mentality of marketing and advertising, right? So when you say digital, that seems new to them. And digital really is still kind of in its infancy, right? It's maybe 12 years old, you know, and it's, it's got to, from its, when it kind of really established itself was 2000 and, you know, five, 2004, maybe, uh, from a, from a rebuild standpoint and, you know, an evolution to, to really go into obviously outside of those annoying pop-up, which yes, I used to be part of a company. Yeah. You sold, were a pop-up sold pop-up advertising. Yeah. Blame John for all. Of so those yeah. And that's ads. what, you know, it's funny. Cause I remember they, when you started talking about, Oh, Hey, we have these pop under ads now. Yeah. 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 What an amazing, amazing but accomplishment. It's funny now because <laughs> you know, that was kind of the, you know, really the restart of, digital advertising at the time because it was online. It was on web pages that you were looking at when you were, when more people were back, you know, getting more heavily focused onto the online community and, and researching things and doing things and different content and more companies building out websites with, you know, all this interest, interesting content on a number of different topics. But, um, but it's just, it's funny because, you know, in large businesses, that digital marketing or digital media and advertising still is just a differentiator for them because, you know, they're used to running straight television ads. They're used to running print ads. They're used to running, you know, radio ads, uh, you know, so this new medium needed to be defined. So that's where that digital yep, absolutely. Really, really comes in. But And know, that's at, why I think it's such a bogus point, term because right. it's basically people use it to define the things that they don't understand. Sure. And, you know, I think that that kind of – that what you just said really kind of plays into our, our entire purpose and, and, you know, how this whole podcast kind of came about, which yeah. was your experience on the – big business, big agency side, and my experience on the small business, small agency side, but both of us kind of seeing that they both have the same problems, you know, that they struggle with the same things. And, and, you know, the, the small businesses always seem to have this idea that the, that these big businesses have everything figured out and they know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, when you and I talk, we talk about both of them having the same problems and and struggling with the same things. Yeah, and it's it's you're right. It's the same issues that they both have. But it's just, it's funny. And now talking about kind of the buzzwords, the buzzwords resonate a lot bigger with the, the large business and brands. I can see that. Um, where when you're just talking normal to a small business owner, like those big buzz, like they don't care. Or they that's see, not influencing really one way or another. See, right? that's but, not that's not completely true though, because one of the things that I see all the time, I think what happens is it takes a little longer for it to filter down to so some more of the smaller businesses because they're. I feel like they're, uh, and 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 again, that's kind of a gross over generalization too, because there are a lot of small businesses that um, that oh, they're first movers. They're exactly. innovative. They get into the, exactly. They get into these. What I things. find with with um, those businesses is they're typically not my clients because right. they they're that's kind of why they started a business in the first place is because they can do that and they can grow it themselves and they you know they know what they're doing and and they can take advantage of those opportunities that are available. Where a lot of my clients are the people that aren't necessarily. Um, capable of doing that or or they just don't really see the value right away and it takes a while and, and um and sometimes even longer than it takes for a lot of these big brands and big businesses because a lot of the bigger businesses and bigger agencies have more money to just throw at something because they say well we can try it and give it a shot and it exists so we should be there where the smaller businesses need to be a little more selective in the media that they buy and the, and the the advertising that they buy and where they allocate their resources um, but I see a lot of this the same problems like you're talking about where they call it digital marketing because 
they don't know they don't to know differentiate. To, yeah, they don't know how to define it. Social media, or even not even just social media, but Facebook versus Instagram versus Twitter right. versus email versus Google AdWords versus every other platform that exists out there. They just don't know any of it, so it all gets lumped into this digital marketing kind of blob that yeah. I don't really know what to do with. So I need to hire a digital marketer or digital marketing company. And, you know, I always tell people, if you got somebody that's selling you digital marketing, it's most likely somebody that doesn't know marketing, right? Because just pushing, if I come in and I say, look, I'm going to take over your digital marketing. Why? Right. And I find these days more people, more of those small businesses benefit more and get better results out of me taking over their, you know, quote unquote, traditional marketing and pushing those avenues and, and optimizing and working with those uh, platforms yeah, and than is, they do with me because they don't have the resources to dedicate to digital that they need to. This is more of a, a nod to you for a, a good job well done because I think you take it from, you know, traditional digital, whatever you want to call it, to the communication Right. Yeah. It's that communication medium that you get these these companies and these businesses to recognize and to realize that, listen, as long as you're communicating in a certain way with a certain message at a certain tone, you're going to gain business customers. You're going to get, you know new people into your company, your business that, you know, may not have been there before, or you're just now finding and you're touching and now you're learning from an analytics standpoint. That's the good thing about kind of the the digital world mm-hmm. is everything is very trackable and yep. metrics related that, but those know. metrics are false too. Right. And you know, I've had this, this conversation yeah. where, you know, that's sometimes. one of the big problems yeah. sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, I mean, if you're, placing an ad on AdWords for a product and you know somebody clicked on that ad because they searched for something specific, they were already ready to buy, they just needed a place to buy it from, they searched on it, right. they clicked on it, they got to your website, they made a purchase, like, yeah, absolutely, That's there's no kind of gray area there. But most businesses don't operate that way and most of them operate Agreed. with, look, I'm running 10 different campaigns. I got radio spots. I got newspaper spots. I got print ads. I'm doing direct mail. I'm doing Facebook. I'm doing Instagram. Uh, And if they're doing it right, they should be doing most of those things. And the fact that maybe somebody saw 10 of those and then saw a print ad that had their name on it and then went to Google, Googled their name, Mm -hmm. right, got... Maybe an ad, right? Because maybe I'm buying my own name on on Google. Maybe they just saw an organic result, right? Clicked on that, and that's what caused that that conversion metric. Now all of a sudden, that's a search. That's an conversion. Yeah, it's an attribution to search. Exactly. So that gets attributed to search. And meanwhile, all of those nine other touch points that they saw first that caused them to say, oh, I know those guys. I, you know, that rings a bell in my head and that's why I'm going to click on this one instead of the next one or the previous one. Now it gets attributed to, well, it was an organic search result. So we're doing great on, on organic search. Yeah. But I think that's where I see the separation of what marketing is and what advertising is, right? So if you're sending materials and you're paying for, you know, specific ads on Facebook or you're sending, you know, pieces of, of mail uh, or doing a radio spot, right? All of those things I could, I attribute to more of that advertising, you know, bucket, right? The marketing side of things is really establishing your brand for whatever product or service you have to an audience that you want to reach and, you know, becoming really a voice in that, in that product or service, right? And, and getting a marketing, uh, persona and brand out there that people and, you know, hopefully your customers and your target audience will, it will resonate with and doing things from that end. And, um, well, and really, I think, you know, kind of creating that message. Right? Well, that's it, right? right. It's so, commu- so coming up with what that message is and then everything else is just how do I deliver that message? Right. But I think 
to your point, right? It's and again, what I was getting at was I think that's what you do really well with a lot of the clients that you have is establishing that you know that communications path, right? Uh, identifying what that message is, being able to help these brands build different content and different ways that you know are in some ways you know just takes a little bit of time and effort to put into it, right? And, and developing where they feel like their best, you know, expertise is and communicating that and then taking what that underlying tone is and building out what your communication message is or what your, your, your theme and your, your main message is to, to build into that advertising and that overall kind of, they call it the, the brand voice, right? Yeah. So what's that brand voice and ha- now how do we get that out to a market at masses? Because we already have identified ourselves as this particular, you know, you know, service or product and we know who we are. We know the audiences that we want to reach um, because here's what we do as a business as a whole. And that's where I see, you know, the marketing and kind of the overall that same who we are as a company. And then now how do we deliver that extend and deliver that message to a, to a much larger, you know, reach. And I think that's where that kind of, you know, digital versus traditional, you know, all that. Yeah, kind that's of where, crap that's where it breaks it's down. It's garbage because it's all about what is the most effective medium for me to deliver that message. Right. And if that's TV, it's TV. If it's sure. direct mail, it's direct mail. If it's Facebook, it's Facebook. If it's email, it's email. But there's no reason why Facebook and email have anything to do with each other. I mean, no. the, to lump those as digital marketing, they're they're not the same skill set. They're just as different of a skill set to focus on as you know Instagram and television. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 that different that to say, well, that's digital marketing and that's one person or one agency or one firm that that is going to be fantastic at that because they say they're digital marketers is just ridiculous. Like it just, it it doesn't make any sense. And I think that's what gets lost is the fact that, you know, your medium is your medium and you choose the medium based on the message that you want to deliver and who you need to deliver it to. And not all digital marketing is even remotely the same yeah. and and those platforms need to be handled differently the the voice that you represent on those platforms is completely different i mean the way that you the represent message yourself is the same the tone is different right yeah the exactly and the and the conversation but, right. the, the yeah exactly the tone exactly. of the conversation right so you know you you are big into twitter now mm-hmm. right i know not personally but yeah. you know professionally you're big <laughs> into a, twitter business yeah, right business standpoint and that 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 conversation that you have with Twitter is a very different conversation than the conversation that you have on Instagram or on sure. Facebook, yeah. right? So, you know, and that's the kind of thing that to, to say that somebody is a digital marketer and so because of that, they understand all of those things equally and they're just as good, you know, equally as good at all of those things. It's just like saying, well, I can hire the same firm to put my television spot together that I can hire to put my direct mail piece together because they do traditional marketing. And so they're probably just as good at all of those things as, you know. Yeah, I, I agree because, you know, and it should be more of a digital strategy company that you need, right, to help you or identify. Or a marketing strategy right, company, to right? Establish, yeah, to establish what that strategy is to go forward and be – and have the right materials for those audiences that you're trying to reach and get your product or message out to in the tone that relates to people who are heavy in those social media networks or, um, you know – and, and I see it all the time with big brands who have a lot, you know, they have a shit ton of money, they have a ton of marketing dollars, right? And they just lump everything in, same, you know, ad going across television to print radio, uh, you know, on any type of social media. And, you know, it's the good brands, less, less of those, you know, long-term 
well, I, what I call like the legacy brands that you identify without even, you know, having to understand what they are, yeah. what they stand for, right? Um, it's the brands who sit, sit there and say, no, here is my message that I want to get across, but here's the tone. How can I tailor it yeah, to how, this? Here's medium. the tone, how, how I will, uh, you know, kind of adapt it to each one of these different social networks or media. And not even just the network, like but the audience on that uh, network. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, Twitter is a snarky place, uh, right? Quick, I mean, yeah. that's that's what it is, right? So so that is, I mean, if you look at brands that have done that really well um, and brands that get huge media attention out of it, it's not because of look these the president really... Of our, <laughs> president of well, the United States, uh, right? We, we, I don't <laughs> think we're going to get into that on this, but, you know, but if you look at the brands that have done it, right? I mean, the biggest one, the most famous one was, you know, Oreo during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and it wasn't it wasn't anything but kind of a snarky you know, take on current events. Really, the lights are going to go out in the middle of the Super Bowl, and so here you go. Here's what we're going to do about that. Yep. And you have, you know, Wendy's recently. What they've been doing on on Twitter, and and you know the amount of media attention, and the fact that they're doing it really well. Um, and it's funny. I mean, it's engaging. It really yeah. works. And it's it's true because and. Just to relate it to something that a project that I'm working on, I'm working with one of a working on a, a campaign for one of Wendy's largest competitors, and they're kind of in a, a Twitter war right now, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys can all go out and identify and look figure and out. understand and figure out who the who that brand is. But um, you know, and it's all over one simple thing is that Wendy's stopped serving their buffalo chicken nuggets and just something so small like that becomes becomes such a huge opportunity for a competitive brand to just lean into and like you said you know as long as they understand the platform and And how exactly you know fortunately for the product that i you know that my company's built it allows them a good platform to be able to you know, the competitive brand to be able to message users who are talking about topics very relevant to, you know, Buffalo chicken nuggets or Wendy's mm-hmm. not having them. Uh, so, you know, they can't apply that same message to the overall point here. They can't apply that same message to Instagram or exactly. to Because that conversation is not even happening. Because people Instagram. are going to look at this like, like, all right, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, you're just going to get a... You're not you know, going to get the brand affinity that you think you have. You know what the the I think the biggest offender uh, from a you know from kind of a social media standpoint is when people try to go on Reddit who don't understand. Reddit. Oh God! I just heard of there was a a, a really large well not large but a up and coming startup who is one of I think they're ranked as one of the fastest growing companies and somebody whose podcast I listen to constantly and these guys do a really good job um, from the podcast that they have. Uh, They did a whole AMA, Ask Me Anything, and they were like, whoa, Reddit is not the the platform for us like we, <laughs> we we should not have done that because yeah. you just get people who are keyboard commandos and you know just start asking like dumb questions and they just start ripping into things and just like you know there's a lot of waste but the and but it all comes back to understanding the platform right. that you're trying to market yourself and they on. were trying to answer and there was a, there was a ton of very relevant good key questions mm-hmm. that you know they wanted to get you to answer but it it was just such a influx of just total bullshit that they got hit with that they were not prepared for. And they thought, wait, I thought Reddit was something totally different. So mm-hmm. not knowing the platform is is part of the – it's just part of the education, right? And I think that's what you But it's I- also what scares a lot of people, you know? I mean, that's – Sure. That's why a lot of people don't get into that stuff because there's – there, there are a lot of them, but that's, right? you know, there's a few, there's only like a few of them, but at the same time, there's a lot of them when you're used to dealing with print radio TV. Yep. Now all of a sudden it's print radio TV and you got direct mail and which, you know, has existed for a long time too. But then you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
yeah. YouTube. Um, I mean, just yeah. everything. Reddit, Pinterest. I mean, all those kinds of things. House now is 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 yeah. massive too. <clears throat> so I think that's where you know it comes into you know people like you and I who take the time to help educate these small businesses and brands and agencies on the right approaches to take to really delivering your message in the appropriate manner. And, you know, that education and that learning and that openness of a brand to not just look at what their current problem is, but to look at what their long-term goals are is something that I think obviously we're going to help establish within this medium and this podcast that, you know, we're talking about right now and something that I think we can, um, you know, really bring different Anybody in the you know in the in the in the business world, we could bring them into and and really just find out what their their hurdles are and what they see. And if they see, they may have a totally different opinion on this. They may have a totally different perspective, and they may have different outcomes from um, you know from just different things that, that we explore down the road. But I think, yeah, I think with that, I think um, you know it's kind of uh, I think try to wrap it up here. I know we pushed an hour. Uh, and probably an hour and a half with my yeah. my little recording issue at the beginning. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we are looking to do um, for anybody that's actually made it this far in the podcast, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening very much. Um, and we are uh, definitely looking to have some some guest speakers and some, some guests here on the podcast. Um and try to you know expand the the viewpoints and the opinions that we get in here, and um, hopefully try to bring in some people from some different industries and some different walks of life, and um, you know see where we can go from there. Yeah, and I think this was a good start that opened up a lot of obviously different. We can go on a lot of different tangents here, but they it, we bring up a lot of different topics that obviously we can explore more down the road, and you know, like Chris said get a lot of cool different perspectives on um, both from our experiences as well as bringing in, you know, some small business owners, uh, people from different industries, just to hear their thoughts on it and and really just kind of have an open conversation and hear what their opinions are. Obviously, you know, we're not trying to influence people in one way or another, but we just want to sit down and have a kind of healthy conversation about different things in the, the business world that, we've seen work and you know hopefully you guys find it interesting from our, our our two different backgrounds perspectives from the current business lines of business that we we um we currently work on so yeah so with that we are gonna wrap up episode one i am chris searles i am john finnerty and we are the messengers thank you good night